Welcome to The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Okay, welcome back, investors. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Paul Ducampo, founder of OmniDrip. Paul started in 2016, wholesaling and flipping mobile homes and land into notes. But by circumstance, he also discovered the world of copywriting and marketing. And his first client in 2017 was Investor Carrot. Since then, he's been writing and consulting professionally for coaches, software companies, and service providers in the REI space. Today, he's merged his expertise in copywriting and marketing and created a company called OmniDrip. Find them at www.reiomnidrip.com, which helps direct-to-seller investors convert more leads into deals using copy-driven follow-up trip system on near autopilot. So, well, that, you know, wow, that's a mouthful. So what I want to start by saying is, first of all, welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. All right. But let's simplify things a little bit. So if, when you're at a cocktail party and somebody says, just exactly, what do you do? How, how do you answer that question? That is, that is such, I, I think everybody, every entrepreneur has a hard time answering that. Right. And it's like, it varies from person to person, you know, it's so depends on the day or the person. So uh, if someone were to ask me that, who knows nothing about real estate, I, I just simply say I'm a copywriter or I have a marketing agency, but for real estate investors, um, you know, I, I do a number of things. I have my income coming from a number of places. You, you read there, I have notes. I'm a freelance copywriter as well for, for uh, on, on higher level stages. And then uh, for investors, I am creating a, a done-for-you mark, back-end marketing service for them to help these people convert more of their leads. Because the biggest problem is, is they stack on leads over time and they never touch those leads. And those leads end up selling with someone else. And so I help make sure that that doesn't happen. That doesn't, they have the system in place so that the marketing is done for them. Meaning when I say marketing is done for them, I mean, when a lead comes into their CRM and their database, um, you know, they're doing their manual tasks, but eventually a seller starts ghosting and not responding anymore. And then the, then the wholesaler, the acquisitions manager, whoever it is, then stops following up and puts them into this bucket of no contact where it gets lost into, into limbo. Uh, so I make sure we have the systems that that are sending auto text message, email, getting that stuff delivered, tasks, direct mail as well. If they opt in for that. Different strategies and tactics to get the response and build credibility and build the brand so that when the seller is finally ready to sell, they're, they've been showing up with value and they go with the, the, the best choice in their inbox, which is the guy that's been following up with value and their trust in the light. So and that, that's not in a nutshell, but that's, that's a long wind of, of what I deliver for. <laughs> an, yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. We went sort of from the elevator pitch to the, uh, to the, to the five minute, but that's right. good. <laughs> so uh, that's great. Cause it really kind of covers or dovetails with the questions that I wanted to ask you next is obviously you're building this business like so many entrepreneurs out of a genuine need. You've been there as a real estate investor and you see the copywriting and the follow-up, right? The the CRM aspect, that's what's really lacking. Yeah. Well, it's not that I sell CRM. I decided a long time ago, I wasn't going to be in the CRM business. 
And so instead, I there's hundreds of CRMs out there. And so I accommodate those CRMs, meaning so like I, we can, I plug in our system, my messaging, my tactics, strategies and everything into their existing CRM. So um, yeah, we can talk about CRM. I mean, I've been, we've been in over a dozen CRMs and there's bad and good and all of them. Every, everybody has strengths and weaknesses, but yeah, not in the CRM business by choice. Love it. So you can keep your CRM. That's good to know. Uh, but then the other issue, of course, is, and you've already identified it, which is the follow-up. So other than just not doing it, what what are investors doing wrong? Or yeah. are they maybe seeing the problem wrong? You know, what led you to focus on the follow-up and, and what should investors know about that? Yeah. So uh, there's there's a few few things that I'd say I do differently than what you get in the CRM uh, drip sequence in a box. Typically what you see is for these drip sequences you already see on the market, like what CRMs are already implementing for you. What you see is there, there may be one or three sequences and those sequences are, oh, I have a no contact bucket. And every, anytime somebody does not contact us anymore, doesn't respond, we just toss everybody in this one little bucket, right? The biggest problem with that is now it, you have somebody who hasn't gotten an offer yet. You have somebody who hasn't been in an appointment who has gotten an offer, maybe said no to your offer, said they're fixing themselves, signed with someone else. So you have all these different situations and events in your pipeline, but you're tossing them all into your bucket. And now you can't say anything but general messaging. So now, so now you're forced to only say, are you still interested in selling 70 times, right? So, so, or any variation of it. And, and that message right there, are you still interested in selling? Is self-serving. It, it, it does nothing to the other person. It, it's just a direct question. I'm not saying that you don't use that. Do use that when it makes sense. But what I'm seeing with clients who are following up in the long term of things, I'm seeing an average of 70, 80, 90 touches it takes for for like somebody who's a, who's one of those long-term tomorrow leads, you know, that's just taking, that's going to really take their time to convert them. So 70 touches means a call attempt, a voicemail left. It means SMS sent, email sent, and, um, and even website touches, meaning they go to your website, find out more. So anyway. Well, that also includes some evergreen content. My, my understanding is a big part of your system is you, you want people to be providing value. So it's not just, are you still interested? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, that's a component of it. It's yeah. We're, I mean, we're putting articles in because we, it's not just about the text message dripping in. It's especially with all the, the text message regulations and, and um, the consequences now, deliverability has been cut. And so I want to make sure and ensure that there's multiple mediums to reach the person. So we're doing direct mail. We have articles in place so that it drives traffic. We're encouraging our clients to have, you know, Facebook retargeting, which is really simple to set up so that it's this multi-layer effect. Um, as far as what else to say besides, are you still interested in selling? It's it's really simple. Um, I remember uh, when I was struggling early on in 2016, 2015, really struggling. I was door knocking. I was, it was, I went from uh, a W-2 worker who's blue collar his whole life. I was a, I was a welder and a, a crew foreman mm -hmm. for, for pipe, for uh, natural gas pipeline. And uh, I would, so when you do that, when you go to that, you take that journey, you don't know anything about sales or marketing. So you're just getting, you just dive right into it, uh, learning the hard way. So I was struggling with, with appointments with sellers. And so an old, really old school investor, he took me aside and he had, he, he said, Hey, go ahead and write down a hundred ways that you benefit a seller. And so 
uh, I did it and I, I didn't, I don't think I got to a hundred. I got to like to 50, but it did a couple things for me. Well, for one, it gave me some confidence because, you know, like most people, I was going in thinking it's all about price and all about offer, which first, uh, you know, first a majority of, of sellers it is, but there, when you're dealing with a motivated seller, it's not, there's deeper issues that you're solving. So then that created for me an understanding later on, I realized this is, this is a seller word bank that I call a seller word bank here, where there's a benefit and a feature for, for just about every type of seller. And so when, when you're sending an auto SMS or sending an auto email, uh, you're not, think of an, a little text message as like a tiny, tiny, tiny mini sales letter. And if you think about it that way, and then you say, okay, what is my, the feature, the benefit that I can add in here? Like what's the, cause we take for granted what a cash offer does, right? But we, we need to remind the person on their side what is actually what what is actually going to have a result of it. You know, we're selling results. We're not we're not just selling the thing that which is a cash offer. Cash offer means a whole mess of things, right? So so if they have their hoarder, for example, and they have a bunch of stuff. I I've dealt with this where you need to sell a house and you got all kinds of junk in it. You don't know what to do with it. You you're too embarrassed to leave it behind, but you're you don't want the hassle of of selling of uh, getting rid of it. Well, I, you know, a simple solution is is a, a cash offer uh, with a professional home buyer uh, means you can leave anything behind. We'll take care of care of it all. You know, it solves the embarrassment of putting a sign up, right? If they're going through a different situation, they don't want their neighbors to know that they're selling a house and all that. It saves them from the hassle of of a twenty buyers going through their house during an open house, right? So all, all these little things we can say as a reminder of who we are, what we do, what we offer, what are the results that happen, right? So I'd say we start from that, you know, so, so now you, you're still asking, you know, in a, in a different way, are you selling, but you're doing it in a much different way. We're giving value up front and value comes from all kinds of ways. It comes from yeah, like looking at what the, the seller is, look at the seller, their needs and, and how they might benefit from buying from you versus, you know, any old chemo. Right, exactly. Uh, sales is one to one face to face sales is a lot easier to do that because you're asking the questions, you're digging deep. Marketing is a little different. You have to presume what the majority of people are going through in that certain event. That's why for my sequences, I, I've got I've got twenty sequences because uh, they follow instead of that one to three little sequence that most people use. I have twenty sequences because I follow a seller from beginning to end. Right when the when a lead comes in, they missed a call to uh, they missed your appointment to they booked your appointment to I mean to the uh, a landlord saying your offer's too low, the, all these little different scenarios because then I can pinpoint what to say. Right now, if 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 uh, so, if so let's go back to that. You you mentioned the issues with uh, putting everybody in a bucket. So the I think one of the issues that you're solving is rather than having you know three buckets like you know first contact or no contact etc. You got you got 20 buckets. Yeah. Yeah. That make it easy to easy to organize your leads. There's there's mm -hmm. self-explanatory. So that when a you get off the phone with a seller, um, something happened, they tell you that, you know what? Um, it's say it's a landlord uh, or vacant house. Say vacant house. I already mentioned landlord. It's a vacant house lead. And they tell you, you know what, you know, for whatever reason, they're on the fence still. There's something, there's some other decision maker, they're not gonna sell for another three months. Okay, great. Put them in the selling delayed sequence. That's meant for that type of situation for for the vacant house lead. So, um, so yeah, we we have every we have a, an event or sequence for every event. Cool. Okay, so uh, clearly, marketing is one of the big issues that many investors have in their business, and uh, you've seen a lot of issues with these marketing systems. I know you've mentioned people not putting things into enough buckets. 
uh, is a huge one, not following up. So what are some of the other major issues that you see with people's marketing systems? Yeah. You know, I, what's the word? I've secret shopped some people, some wholesalers to see what, you know, when I was building this, what's going on with people's systems. Uh, I, I would say uh, there are a few things. One is they're only using text messaging as a, as a drip sequence. And so it, today with, with SMS having delivery issues, you're going to have higher unsubscribe rates and, and higher spam rates, which is natural, by the way. No, nobody needs to, needs to be worrying about that. Uh, so instead of having just a simple drip with, with SMS, including tasks to call, tasks for personal loom videos, tasks to send a handwritten note, uh, direct mail, if you can integrate that into your into your CRM, uh, email, of course, uh, articles, sending people back to article reviews, if you have reviews, making sure you have that. So anyway, the, the making sure you have just a arsenal of different ways to communicate with the seller, because that's ultimately going to create a, a, an effect of, you know, being everywhere. It's not, that's why then it's called Omnidrip. You know, you have an omnipresence with your seller. So uh, that's one, not having enough, not, not having enough in your arsenal, I should say. The other one would be, um, I think I've mentioned uh, already, uh, not enough buckets, not enough um, benefits or features. Uh, I would say not uh, not having a drip that captures reviews and referrals. Uh, so this isn't like a big needle mover, but for every company I come into, not just REI, not, not just real estate, but um I want to make sure that we have something on the back end to capture reviews, testimonials, and and referrals. So some sort of system for that. Uh, so in in real estate, it's really simple. Uh, you know, you can implement it in, uh, when you're with the seller asking for a video. But then we have you have uh, Google reviews, or you have uh, or you have Facebook or social media, whatever you use as a platform. Then you can send out a drip to ask them for a written review. Then you can ask them if they know anybody else. Six months later, they're just looking for, to sell now. It's the really, it's the, uh, it's not a game changer, but I mean, if, if you're doing 10 deals a month, maybe you might have one person actually has know right. somebody else, right? It's, so you can, it's so simple to add. It's on autopilot. It's like, uh, do you want fries with that type of question? It's, it's just yeah. a simple little brainer to, to, to put in. So. so a lot of small optimizations together would be the game changer, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. All right. Now you mentioned a couple of times uh, SMS. Uh, I think email is another issue where you have uh, delivery. I mean, I know that I've got technology protecting my inbox and everybody else does these days. So what are some of those things that you do to make sure that those text messages and emails are actually getting where they need to be? Right. Yeah. So this, yeah, this, I mean, this deserves its own show, but uh, I, I've sent over just so some context. Uh, email marketing is like my main active income today. I like, so on a higher level, I, I have uh, clients where I'm managing their email for them. And so I've sent out to this date, almost near, probably near around, I've calculated out like 2000 email blasts. I'm not talking about like 2000 individual emails, but total blasts to lists of 60,000 people, 20,000, et cetera. And uh, so about 2000, that comes out. If you round it off, that's about an email day for five and a half years. So deliverability is always top of mind. It's, it's an important thing to have. So one thing to note that what you say in it has the least amount of weight when it comes to delivery. The, the highest the factor for delivery is, is how you operate with your with your email address. So for example, if you cold email blast people, 
with that same domain that you're using, the, the foundry, you know, George at the foundry. If you cold blast people over time, Gmail is going to see this guy's a spammer and your emails, even to one-on-one -on -one personal people, it's going to be end up, end up in spam. And the same goes for phone numbers, by the way, too. Now that you're registered, your phone number is registered with your EIN numbers registered. Everyone's going to have a trust factor for your phone number. Everyone has a trust. Well, they don't call it trust factor. I call it trust factor. Quote, trust factor with your domain, trust factor for your number. And that is like how measuring, like, are you getting a bunch of spam rates? Are you getting a bunch of unsubscribes? That is going to be the biggest factor when it comes to delivery. Not so much the words. The words is like probably. So so what's a lot? I mean, I feel like if I sent out like 800, I feel like I always get a couple to come back and say unsubscribe. What, yeah, where does it become a problem? That's I, I think that a lot of people get uh, hung up over the unsubscribes. So I don't think that's a problem at all. You're going to get unsubscribes. The, the best way to not get unsubscribed is not to send any emails. Right. So um so with with investors, and let me bring this back to investors, right? So investors, I'm not doing daily emails, if that's what you're, uh, you're getting at. I'm not doing daily emails with them. We're not setting that up. We're not even setting up a weekly email for them. Uh, it's more of um, it's more of every two weeks and every and then starts tapering off every 30 days. Um, so for them, I'm I'm trying to do my best when it comes to verbiage, trying to get things delivered. And it's really easy. I mean, you can look up words that get red flags, but the biggest, you have to protect your domain. It's not really the words that your domain has to be the number one thing you look at. Am I, am I spamming people? Am I cold blasting people? I don't know if that answered your, your question, George. Is oh, it? perfect. Perfect. I mean, that's valuable. And I know there are many technological tools that'll help you stay out of the spam folder, but it seems to me what you're offering is actually much more personalized because you understand what people are doing and you're able to, uh, to maybe craft a better craft and copyright better solutions as to uh, to get out there. But I but I see that it's going very much deeper than just avoiding certain words like, you know, financial freedom. That seems to be something that ends up in spam very quickly. Uh, it's it's really more a matter of building that trust over time and then obviously not using the same email address that you're using for your ordinary business right. day to day. Right. Well, I mean, if you're using it for your ordinary business, you can still still email your, you know, that now you're we're getting into the mechanics of how how we email. And all depends on business to business, industry to industry. But for investors, yeah, if you're going to be cold emailing, use a completely different domain. Don't use the same one that you are speaking with to sellers with, like on like sellers you've already spoken to. Don't use that same one. Um, I'm, I'm not and I and my Omnidrip is not a cold lead generation system, by the way. So that's. Mm -hmm. So I hope that that answered that. Like I don't construct things for cold email, cold SMS. I don't do that. Um, that's not my wheelhouse. So it's all warm follow up. It's all people you've already spoken to. Nice, nice. Well, here at this point, I'd like to add a little randomness to the interview. I've got a quarter, and I think if uh, I'll let you call it, and we'll ask a fun question if it, if you if it lands on what you call. So heads or tails? Heads. All right. Oops. All right, here we go. Okay, can we see? Yeah. Right, friend YouTube. We got heads. Okay, great. So I just want to ask you a fun question here. Uh, okay, Paul, favorite junk food? Hot, uh, chip, potato chips. Got to be potato chips. All right, good. <laughs> Classic. I think my kids would agree with you. All right. So uh, from that light moment, let's, let's go ahead into our, I want to thank you for all that beautiful stuff very deep and just like to get to know you better with our lightning round. You ready? Yep, definitely. 
Great. If you could be known for only one thing, what would it be? Oh, uh, great father. What is the greatest lesson in leadership you've learned as an entrepreneur? Oh, uh, give to your employees too, as well. Personal characteristic has been most pivotal to your success. Um, uniqueness, creativity. Love it. Stand out. Right here. One last uh, bout of randomness. Just tell me when to stop cutting the deck and we'll have a random question for you. Okay, right there. All right. If you could donate $1 million to charity, which would you choose? Oh, that's a hard one. Just one. Uh, I, I would, the best um, autism society, there's many, but best one that, uh, one for autism. Okay. I love it. Very impactful. Uh, what is one tip or trick that investors can implement in their business today? There's a many. Call me. No, I'm just kidding. Any, any, anything more specific? Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's do goal setting. Um, mm -hmm. To realize that, uh, to look at a, a seller's pipeline as stages. And um, in, when you're when you're looking for, for deals, you're looking for a seller. You're not looking for a deal. When you're out cold calling, you're not looking for a, a deal or a lead. You're just looking for somebody who wants to sell. And, and, and then the next stage is, is, is getting them on appointment. Next stage is getting them on offer. So that was a mouthful, but let me, let me back up here. First tip I'd say is if with lead generation, all you're trying to do is find a seller and that's it. Don't think ahead of on deal that get, that produces anxiety. Just look for, just look for leads, just look for a seller. Love it. One step at a time. Okay, can you name a book that's helped to forge you as a leader and as an entrepreneur? And tell us why. Uh, you know, I always have uh, problems or struggle with a book, a specific book. So it's always something that's top of mind. So I'd say the most recent book, I and I think a lot of real estate entrepreneurs should read it, is uh, Kevin Hart's autobiography. You can't make this up. Uh, I didn't at, at first, I didn't think it was to be impactful, but when you read it through, it shows you exactly what it takes to be somebody at, at the very top. So the, yeah, so it, it, it really uh, makes it people fall or shows that people fall flat on their face because they greatly underestimate what it really takes. All right. And can you set us out with a quote to help forge our listeners as leaders and entrepreneurs? Oh man, a quote. I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> Um, just keep at it. Learn from here's, here's one. Um, just because something didn't work in the past doesn't mean that it won't work again. It's just whatever you are doing, however you're doing it, you were probably doing it insuff insufficiently or ineffectively. Love it. Yeah. I'm sure. A lot of people would have been saved to try it one more time. Uh, glad the Wright brothers gave it one more go. <laughs> All right. So uh, finally, just want to make sure everybody gets a chance to reach out to you. And I know you've already mentioned your website. It's www.reiomnidrip.com. So uh, apart from that email website, carrier pigeon smoke signal, what is the best way to reach Paul Ducamp? Uh They can actually text me. They can text my phone on my company phone. It's 
901-8208. I'm, I'm available, feel available. I don't have, I don't have salespeople. It's just me. And so as far as taking calls and stuff. So um, yeah, they can reach me there. All right. So just send a text. I love it. All right, Paul, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge and experience with our audience. Well, I appreciate being here. Thank you.